Blog Talk Radio. Four years. 
This is the same Ryan Tannehill who got his ass run out of Miami, right? Mm-hmm. And you know he was he was virtually dumped, and not even traded for like a few can tomato cans or ham sandwiches. He just he just got dumped, and you know he landed in in in, uh, in Tennessee's lap, and when Marcus Mariota started sticking up to join as he usually did at two and four. They said, let's bump it, let's bench his ass, let's bring in Tannehill, and as, as they say, the rest is history. Now, mind you that Derrick Henry balled out for the second year in a row, still. I mean, a running game and the passing game goes hand-in-hand, I suppose. But anyway, I think that Tannehill gets like 61 mil guarantee. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm understanding this correctly. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm reading the deals now, the deal details now. It includes an average salary of $29.5 million. And 91, 91, 91. million in total guarantee. 91 in three total years of guarantee. it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, we all, I thought that Tom Brady, I just wanted he was headed to Tennessee, but they, but, but they, um, but they, um, they signed Tennessee instead. So, what's, first of all, what are your thoughts on the deal? Did, did Tennessee overpay for like a little more than half a half a year of Tannehill services, or what? Did it feel like a good fit? But at what cost, though? That's what I'm tripping off. Well, it's interesting, right? Because um, you know we've had this conversation about whether or not Tom Brady would be going to to uh, to Tennessee or to Nashville. Um, I didn't necessarily right. have Nashville or Tennessee that high on my list in terms of locale, maybe fourth, but oddly enough, I had it higher than ultimate destination, and we'll get to that in, in just a moment. But as it pertains to Tannehill, you know, that team went two and four. I don't even know if they necessarily have playoff aspirations, let alone making it to the AFC title game when they first put him in as a starter in Tennessee. But so for him to do what he did was remarkable. Now, mind you, right? You know that was the first time people saw uh, Ryan in Tennessee as the starting QB, and like you said, Derrick Henry had such a fantastic year that year. And that defense, it may not have been the best, but it was stout when it needed to be. With that said. Right. 29 mil a year for starting QB is about the asking price for a starter right now, yeah. even though uh, right. even though statistically better QBs have been getting paid or, or just receiving contracts lesser than the 29. And, of course, we'll talk about those guys a little bit later on too. Um, so to right. say whether or not he got overpaid, Got about what QBs get paid nowadays at, at around between well, around twenty five to thirty mil. So he got what I guess the asking price is now. So I'm not necessarily um, bothered by it, but in order for this to work for long term, they're going to have to resign Derrick Henry to a long term deal or somehow balance that offense so that it works along with Tannehill's skill set for the foreseeable future in order for that contract to be worth it. Yeah. I I thought 
to me, look, I, I don't, I, I guess I get the whole thing of if it ain't both, don't fix it. I mean, some players mm-hmm. are good fits for whatever they do. But I, I think mm-hmm. that to what Shannon Sharp and Ray Lewis said about, you know, their Super Bowl run in, in, in 1999, well, no, I'm sorry, in 2000, rather, uh, when they when their defense just shut down the whole league, right? They blew out the Giants yeah. Super Bowl that year. Um, and they, instead of going, instead of sticking with Trent Dilfer, they went out to get Elvis Gerback, which was, mm-hmm. in hindsight, thought to be a huge mistake, right? But I guess management thought that they need to stretch the field more, and they thought they didn't think they do. They did that well with Trent Dilfer, even though Trent Dilfer he didn't suck. He wasn't a tomato can that year. He made plays, and so that meant that he was a good fit for what they were doing. They being the um, the, the Rays were doing in 2000. So I guess they're, they're, I'm, I'm not you know not not to say that um, that Mike Vrabel play on that squad or anything like that, but I'm I'm guessing that. They were looking at it for, as far as the fit is concerned. You know, mm-hmm. they were like, they being the Titans were on a bad half away of making the Super Bowl, basically. Right? Because yeah. they were up on Kansas City by 10 in the first, I think in the first quarter and a half. So, um, so they're right there. They are literally like, um, but still, why sign Tannehill to a And mind you, look, I'm not mad at Tannehill. Good for him. I mean, he reinvented himself on the fly last year. And so good for him. Mm-hmm. He had a good playoffs, um, you know. But why did they franchise? To me, they franchised the one guy. Why franchise Derrick Henry? Well, you could have franchised Tannehill and said, okay, do it for one more year, right? Because you know mm-hmm. what you have in Henry. Henry is like people say is built like a moose who runs like a deer. Right, the guy was doing like a, uh, like a moose and runs run like a deer. He's he's listed as six four. The people who met him say he's like more like six five or six six and huge. Yeah, but can run. So you need to take care of cats like him. I mean, mind you, you know, I know his first couple of years, people thought he was maybe a bust. It wasn't. He was turning towards a bust status because he wasn't sort of you know, having good enough showing as they as he was projected to have. But the last two seasons, man, not just last year, but last two seasons, I mean, he's been balling out. I think he led a league of Russian back-to-back years, if I'm not mistaken. He definitely led a Russian last year. So mm-hmm. I, I thought they would take care of Henry before, you know, before they take care of like, Tannehill. Just, you know, I thought, I thought they should have switched around, like, the, like giving Henry the extension, like Tannehill the franchise tag. That's what I was thinking. Well, my guess uh, to that would be maybe they were thinking the same thing. And maybe they were thinking that it would be easier for them, or maybe it turned out to be, that it was easier for them to re-sign Tannehill than it was for them to re-sign Derrick Henry at this moment. We don't know what Derrick Henry's asking price is. And for them to just go ahead and pay what the average top five running back's price is for just this one season or until they get a deal done, what's easier for them to do right now, go ahead, settle the the Tannehill situation. Because my guess is that the franchise tag for, for Tannehill would be somewhere 
around what he's getting annually anyway. So, right. I, I, I guess they couldn't come to terms quickly enough, and they didn't want Derek out there to, to be looked at by anyone else. So they went ahead and tagged him and, and just went ahead and decided to go ahead and, 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 and get the deal done with, with, with Ryan. And I understand what you're saying because it makes complete sense get the stud of the two first, but maybe it was easier right. for them to take care of the Ryan deal first and then pan out things and see what they can get with, with Derek. And if they can't get anything done with Derek as of right now or for this season, they can trade him and get compensation back thanks to the tag. So it's it's right. it's beneficial for them to do it. It makes business sense. But I understand, and, and that was my thought process too, it didn't matter which QB you brought in. You were going to need to have right. Derek Henry on your roster somehow, some way, by hook or by crook. And that's exactly what they did. But in order for it to be a better situation for Ryan for at least the next three years under this contract, they're going to need to have Derrick Henry there um, alongside with them. Yeah, I agree with that. So let's let's hope that they take care of um, Henry because, I mean, we'll get into more with the transition franchise tag in a moment when we talk about that Prescott. But, I mean, I don't like that tag. It, it almost ends up badly for both parties, the player and the team. Um, so let's just hope that they can do the right thing and take care of Henry. Uh, Move mm-hmm. along to bigger contracts. How about the Carolina Panthers? We've uh, known well, dear, through our hearts, either being, in my case, growing up in North Carolina, you spending the college years in North Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater, signed by the Carolina Panthers, three-year deal, and I think it's uh, – he gets like $63 million or $40 million of that guaranteed. Again, just like Tannehill, good for Bridgewater. I'm, I'm clapping my hands right now. Good for Bridgewater <laughs> because, I mean, his, his brother's been to hell and back. I mean, he had a freak knee injury in the offseason, again, uh, like while doing his playing days with the, with the Vikings. To the mm-hmm. point he missed two, se- two seasons. And then he reinvents himself on the fly again, but – as a quarterback, uh, like like for like for the Jets uh, during the time when they was like like, like when they dropped that rookie out of SC, um, and then got traded or just uh, got acquired by the Saints, he did well with the Saints. He led in a five zero record when Drew Brees was was, was injured when mm-hmm. he had a thumb injury. But the very impressive ones going went on the road in Seattle, or went home over Dallas. Um, he's he's done quite well to the point where. And it's turned out to be a great fit because, I mean, guess who the new offensive coordinator is in Carolina? That would be Joe Brady, who mm-hmm. not only was the was offensive coordinator for last year for the LSU Tigers, the defending champion now LSU Tigers, but he was also in New Orleans, right, because that system he used at LSU was the same system that the Saints used. So it's the Saints offense. So now Bridgewater has to benefit coming over and not and not having to learn but so much about Bray's offense because the same offense they, that he's played under with Drew Brees, of course, for the last two seasons. So he knows the system. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was a great pickup for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, we're going to talk about the impact I have on Cam Newton in, in, like, in like in a quick second, but 
I like this move for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he gets a good start. He gets a three-year deal. So the Panthers, they're not, it's not like they're tied to him, per se, right? If, that's, if things go south the first year, they can easily get out of it. And I think the, mm-hmm. being, the 40 million guaranteed is up more upfront money. Uh, but give me your thoughts on the Teddy Bridgewater contract because I thought it was good for both parties. And since the Carolinas looked at the transition from Cam Newton, from the Cam Newton era under uh, new coach uh, Mark Rule uh, from Baylor, but uh, I thought it was a good start. Maybe it'll give the Panthers to me more flexibility about a drafting the quarterback or filling out more than needs because it's a full rebuild in Charlotte, whether people fans want to acknowledge it or, or, or not. Yeah, um, I was not expecting Teddy to end up in Charlotte. I was actually expecting Teddy to end up a little bit further north once a certain announcement was made at around 9 a.m. Tuesday morning um, on Instagram. But uh, with that mm-hmm. said, like you said, this, this deal is, is actually friendly to, to both parties. It gives uh, – Teddy, another opportunity to, to come in as a starter in this league and show off his ability. Um, either he could become a mainstay because of this, or you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it could be a situation where he plays. The team doesn't necessarily do well, but it shows that he can still play in this league and he'll have another opportunity elsewhere. I mean, above all, that's what matters most is keeping longevity within this league the best way that you can. Um, but that deal itself, the numbers itself, that's around, what, $20, $21 million annually? That's about the same amount of money yeah. as we're paying Cam, which is, once again, very right. friendly right. when you're talking about a starting QB in this league. If you're getting a QB under 25, if you're getting a starting QB in this league under $25 million, that organization is winning. Or for $25 million or less, the organization is winning. And it gives them a little flexibility to, to make some moves here and there, I guess, with the remaining money that they'll have, and especially with the money that they'll free up once they're capable of getting rid of Cam. Um, because that was a situation that they talked about uh, midway through the year, was whether or not they would either release him and take the hit, right. which is something I know they don't want to do, or they can go ahead and, and trade him and potentially get uh, – some some uh, some assets from that as well, but like you said, this is something that's beneficial to both teams. Well, it's not both teams, but the both to, the both parties. Um, but I was in the in the beginning, well, in the middle of the season this past season, I was expecting them to go with either Kyle Allen or uh, or Greer for the upcoming season. But I, I guess um, the new head coach down in Carolina is thinking like a lot of head coaches now. You don't have no time to mess around. You can't come in here yeah. and end up with a season with four wins or less. You got to show that you're competitive and show that you're viable as a head coach, and that you have to be competitive as well as attempting to win at the same time, which sometimes may be harder than than what you think. So, yeah, we'll see what happens um, because they're going to have to build up a lot, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But starting with Teddy as your, your starting QB is in the bad start. Yeah. I, you know what? I think if they release – if they're unable to – maybe the Panthers are unable to trade Newton, I think they mm-hmm. can release him after a certain date and recoup a lot of that money, right? And, and, and what I mean by that is not having so much money kind of gets them against the cap. Um, yeah. So 
them to the same either way, I think. If I think a lot of teams know that that that, that Cam would no longer be a Panther. So I think it's going to wait him out and claim more flavors. That's what I think is going to happen. But what do, you, what, 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 what do you think about Cam Newton's future now? I mean, do, do you think he's still a starter in this league? I mean, mind you, the dude's hurt. He had a foot injury and a shoulder injury on top of that. So do you think he's a starter in this league? Do you think he's, like, relegated to backup duty? What, what, what? What 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 like what uh, what do you make of Cam Newton's future going forward? Uh, Cam Newton's future is, is rather murky right now if you think about it. First and foremost, let's talk about right. how that entire situation went down as of yesterday. How the, the Carolina Panthers treated one Cam Newton, stating that you know it was a mutual decision for him to seek a trade and for him to further come out right. and say that no, he wanted to stay in Carolina. Right. This was a team decision, not a me decision. And if anything, he's winning the PR war down in Charlotte right now with the fan base. Sure. But um, to answer your question, is he a starter? You're going to look at it like this. Okay, the, 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 the QB situation in the NFL right now as it pertains to starters has whittled itself down to two guys, basically. And if you're thinking about it, maybe two to three destinations as it pertains to starting quarter, starting positions being open. And those two QBs, mm-hmm. of course, being Cam and Jameis. Those positions being Cincinnati, San Diego, and New England. Now, we already have yeah. an inkling that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to draft a QB at the number one spot. Right. That leaves New England and San Diego. Not San Diego. I keep calling them San Diego. God, they're the L.A. Chargers. My God. I call them San Diego. They have no damn business being in L.A. I call them San Diego. They call them San Diego, call. damn it. Call them until they go back to <laughs> <laughs> Well, they have no damn business. That leaves, the, that leaves New England and the Chargers, right? right. Now, who's to say that the Chargers don't go after Abair or, or, or Justin Hubert, however you pronounce his name, from Oregon at six. Mm-hmm. Yep. Matter of fact, who's to say that they don't go after him anyway, based upon whoever happens to land in their lap at, at, at the quarterback spot uh, or whoever they pick up during free agency? So that technically leaves New England. And from my understanding, there is a possibility, well, that's not to my understanding, so I don't really understand it. It's only a possibility, right? But from what I'm hearing, uh-huh. There's a possibility that Belichick likes to back up. The, the, what's the QB's name? I, I, I know it begins with an S. That's there now with them. The guy that backed up Tom last season. Oh, uh, uh, Spinner. Spinner. Yes. That that you know, it's a possibility that he may end up starting him this coming season. But if right. that's the, if that's if that's not the case, you know, England could be a landing spot for Cam. New England could be a landing spot for Jameis, who, or it could be a landing spot for New England to potentially trade for another QB, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Now, of course, mm-hmm. Bill doesn't like uh, turnovers, and no coach does, right? Which kind of makes his options with Cam and, 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 and Jameis interesting. We know Jameis has issues turning the ball over, but who's to say that the LASIK surgery doesn't help that. 
And Cam doesn't necessarily have huge turnover issues, but he's not a deep ball thrower. But it's a possibility that Cam could go to New England. It's a possibility that Cam could go to L.A. because the Chargers, of course, need a name out there. And Cam, of course, is a huge name. It could be a potential draw out there in, in, in Los Angeles. But it's like musical chairs, man. He doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of spots. And wherever he goes, the same thing with Jameis, he may not have a long window to, to, to do or prove that he's capable of staying there as a starter. And that potential trade that I was talking about with the, the New England Patriots, there has been some, some words out there floating around that, or, or the idea of this, where Belichick could trade for Matthew Stafford in Detroit, knowing his, his relationship mm. with um, Matt Patricia, and, and, and take Stafford off his hands for an experienced QB and, and give some, uh, some, some uh, assets over to, to the Detroit Lions. Because remember, Detroit has, what's that, the, uh, the third overall draft pick, and they could potentially go for a young QB at that spot. So there's a lot of things that could potentially come into play Oh, I mean, there's several things. I shouldn't say a lot because three or four guys isn't a lot necessarily. But there's several options there that the New England Patriots can take and the San Diego Patriots – no, San Diego, I'm sorry. Look at me. Call them the San Diego Patriots. The L.A. Chargers could take to, yeah. to, to go ahead and fill those spots. And it could potentially leave both Cam and Jameis on the outside looking in where a team may potentially end up bringing them in maybe later on during training camp or maybe even halfway throughout the year to try to bring in an experienced guy to go ahead and either fill in a spot where a starting QB gets injured or you have situations like with Miami, the Jets, Jacksonville, Denver, or even Washington where these experienced QBs can can compete against the QBs that they currently have right now but they will probably be earning a lot less than what they want to bring in dollar-wise for, uh, for a contract. I personally think that um, Cam, I heard someone say it the other day, the other night, Cam would be a, the type of guy where, you know, wouldn't be afraid to follow the guy. Like if he would say, like, for example, if Bill Belichick decided to bring him into New England to battle out mm-hmm. with Jared Stenham, right, um, I don't think Cam would be as intimidated to follow Braden as the average guy would because you would never, ever want to be the guy who follows the guy. You would ever be the guy, mm-hmm. who follows the guy who follows the guy. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I think that Cam would have that makeup if he were to go to the I, I think doing would be a good place for him. I think mm-hmm. Coach you would get a lot out of him. I, I think that mm-hmm. you know, he'll be in a coach of a health, a coach's shock. But he has to be healthy first. As for yeah. Jameis, bruh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll, I get, we'll get to Jameis later on, but I, I don't I don't see a market. I don't right, – right off the top of my head, I don't see one. Maybe I'll find out one when we get to talk, talk about Tom Brady later on the podcast. But, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't see it. But but as far as Newton goes, I do see a place for him. I definitely do see a place for him in this league. I thought it would be Chicago, but instead Chicago traded for Nick Foles. Teams mm-hmm. have built the league. 
that over that one season he had in Philadelphia. Um, oh yeah. Look, I am not excited. Hell, if you got it, want it. If you got that, if you're able to finesse, finesse like hell. Um, but I still don't think Chicago has a quarterback. I still think that <laughs> like Newton would have been a huge upgrade over either Foles or we're both like we're both Foles and Trubisky because people mm-hmm. don't understand. And when we mentioned Trubisky was at Carolina, it was at UNC. He did not. He wasn't able to beat out Marquise Williams. Now, who's he sure Marquise wasn't. Williams? You might ask. Exactly. He was. He was a journeyman practice squad quarterback in the NFL as of a few years mm-hmm. ago. That's who Mitch Trubisky had trouble. He was not able to beat out. So that one year he had Trubisky had for Carolina. He, he did okay, but he did not do well. I mean, by well, yeah. is he didn't win over 10 games. At mm-hmm. least Marquis Williams was able to win over 10 games when they played Clemson and, and like, when they faced the Sean Watson and Clemson in, in the uh, ACC title game. But Trubisky didn't come close to that. And for the Bears to trade, not only to trade up one spot, to give up so much to, to go up just one spot to get Trubisky, but they pass up the life of Bears fans gonna cry when they, when they when they hear this every single time. Um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson for the right to draft Trubisky. Mm-hmm. So whoever made that move, a fire jet. I, I I don't know what's going on in the organization alone. If they if they would know if they watch him in college. They would have known a not to trade up and give up so much, and b not and b not to give up so much to move up more than one damn spot. Yeah, as if they forgot about Watson, but had a mindset on Trubisky. That's just still, I just don't know. I just don't fucking know what Chicago's thinking. But anyway, I know Bears well, fans well, cry well, about that. QBs, yeah, yeah. Not just those two QBs, but you forgot one, and that would be one Lamar Jackson. So that means they bypassed right. on the last two league MVPs <laughs> to, to to draft that one Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. 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 That's that's wild. That's just just wild. Um yeah. speaking of who got overpaid in free agency, um, how about Mari Cooper? What is it? He got four <laughs> years, hundred mil? To stay in Dallas. Yep. Now I know that, you know, I don't know. I don't have the guarantees in front of me, but it seemed like he was all but gone. Right? I think the Redskins offered him higher a higher deal, but mm-hmm. um, he was able to come back to Dallas. So, yeah, five years, hundred million dollars, and he'll receive sixty million in guarantees. Not bad for a guy who only performed well at home and on the road and. Took himself out of, out of the game against the Patriots and court against the Eagles, but that's not here nor there. Um, but what does this mean for that Prescott? I mean, you give Amari Cooper 100 mil, 60 million of that guarantee, but you franchise Dak Prescott. Well, we, we talked about this last week on the podcast when they waited mm-hmm. a year or two later to try to resign Prescott, right? Because, you know, I mean, if 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 if, if, um, if Tannehill got 
what he got, 118 mil, with 61 million guarantees. What the hell do you think Prescott is worth? I think exactly. Prescott's for the quarterback in Daniels. So what do you think he's worth? Well, how did the Cowboys mess that up so bad? Uh, I don't know. I don't care. But I'm glad. Yeah. Before I yeah, get to, to Prescott. Oh, I'm 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 loving this because you know I I, I think I said it last week I've I've seen this tug of war before. In fact, I've seen that tug of war happen here in Ashburn between one Kirk Cousins and and the Washington Redskins, and it didn't pan out too well for me as a fan. But now there's an opportunity that it might happen in Dallas. Oh, I'm gonna love this soap opera because I know how it ends. It doesn't necessarily end well for the team. I don't think it'll drag out as as long as it did here in D.C., but um, right, it might be costly. So uh, either way, I'll enjoy it. But my 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 anticipation a year ago was that it was going to be difficult for the Cowboys to sign or to have uh, Dak, Amari, and Zeke on the roster at the same time. At at this right. point, uh, well, at, at this time this year, for, um, within the organization, when Zeke got right. his contract last year, I said to myself, "There's no way they're going to have all three, because they they threw a ton of money at Zeke." Then when I heard the uh, 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 the deal for Amari, I said, "There's no way." And, and first and foremost, I, I applaud my skins, but at the same time give them a side eye for doing what they did, attempting to throw money at Amari only to raise up the price and make Dallas pay more probably than what they were going to pay originally. But had the yeah. skins signed Amari to what I'm hearing they would have, oh, I would not have been a fan of that at all. I would have been highly upset about that. But um, – Either way, it, it drove the price up, made the Cowboys pay a little bit more. I applaud that. Smart move. Now, Cowboys exclusively franchise Dak, which means, of course, at this point, only the Cowboys have the opportunity to, to uh, negotiate a contract with him, meaning, like you said, they're going to pay a whole lot of money for, for Dak. And with a whole lot of money going to Zeke, Amari, and Dak, means that a whole little bit of money will go to re-signing a lot of their young people to talent that they currently have or that they have already lost. We've seen Jones already go. Now, they were capable of re-signing Sean Lee, but in the near future, what happens with one Jalen Smith or with Vandross or, or with, with that young defensive lineman that they have? So, who knows who's going to be playing defense defense for that team if all of that money is flooded to those uh, three guys there in Dallas? Yeah, that's why Dallas just screwed that up. They they screwed up because remember we mentioned the trans, the franchise tag earlier. Why how it doesn't end well? Um, it doesn't end well for most teams, and this is really going yeah. to hurt Dallas because. You know that the only real leverage that any player has 
It's just not funny. And in this mm-hmm. case, Prescott has more leverage than one would think because, first of all, you bring in a new head coach, Mike McCarthy, right? And I'm sure that he was told by Jerry Jones and company that Dak would be under contract. Amari would be mm-hmm. under contract, right? Mm-hmm. Real his offense around. Now what happens, now what you have happening now is why you have Amari, you don't have Dak. And, you know, Dak, he bet on himself, right, for two, but like last year, and he come up, he came up roses. So now, instead of extending him while he was still in the contract, they have to pay him. They really have to pay him because he's free. He's free. Mm-hmm. And so now the question is now they signed him. They ain't signed him yet, but they, but they franchise tag him. I think it's 32 mil a year for one year rather because they take the average of the top quarterbacks, right? But mm-hmm. you know, 32 mil is great. It's not bad, right? But it's not guaranteed mm-hmm. fast to fast the following year. So what if that got hurt? I mean, I mean, like like the franchise tag, the money on the franchise tag is guaranteed for the one year, but obviously you're still limbo for the next year. And so they could franchise mm-hmm. him again, right? So now they essentially can can do that two years in a row and still keep this thing going. Out. That's what your boys did with Kirk Cousins. Remember exactly how they screwed that up. Then mm-hmm. then we see we see history starting to repeat itself, um, in that in that manner. But I just think that Dak is like, fuck this shit. I'm not going to sign that damn tender, and I'm not going to go to mini camp if they have it on time. And I won't be going to training camp, and I may miss games. So that's his leverage. And so if you're Mike McCarthy, you're like. Are you serious? I don't even know what the backup quarterback situation is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, Dallas screwed this one up big time. So now they're just at Dak's mercy now because I don't think Dak's going to sign that contract. And I don't think he should. So it's it's going to be very interesting going forward to see what happens with Dak and Dallas. But it's I don't think it's going to end well. I don't think it's going to end well at all. Because I'll say this, though. Right to get paid, but Dallas is – they did they, they fuck this up royally. They did. But I'll say this. The, the, the way that this is different than uh, what happened with Kirk Cousins is the fact that originally Kirk wanted somewhere between 17 and $19 million and some stability. It was just that Bruce Allen didn't trust him to be talented enough or worth the mm-hmm. 17 to 19 But in fact, the fan base didn't believe well, I say the majority of the fan base, I wasn't one of them. That uh-huh. 17 to 19 was way too much for Kurt. In an era, starting QBs were getting 20 to 22 million. I'm like, what are you thinking? Give them the 18, 19 right. million. But no, they franchised him the first time. He bet on himself, and he won twice, thus driving his price up to what he eventually got in uh, Minnesota. Now, what happens right. if Dak actually, uh, if Dak just says, you know what, I'll pay on the tag, I won't resign, I'll gamble on myself, and what if he wins? Then what? Then yeah. you're looking at a QB that would be has, has Kansas City 
Kansas City got this situation done with with uh, with Patrick Mahomes, right? Nah, he's up in a couple of years. He's up See, in a couple of years. I think he gets. I, I think he has an option after this after next season. I think, but they have a couple more years at least before they have to to pay that price tag. This is going to be which high. is dangerous because yeah, that's going to be very yeah if, if that. Yeah, if, if Dak falls in, into that grouping in terms of how much you want to end up paying your QB, <laughs> I don't know if they'll have the money yeah. to pay him at that point, especially if yeah. he produces the way that he produced this past season. Regardless of what the team did, the team, of course, just barely missed the playoffs, and they were around 500, but um, he still had a, a, a pretty good season, even though a lot of that production did happen at the crib. He still had a very productive season, and you, you can't have him have that type of season or better and expect to get him at a reasonable price. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, yeah, I just – yeah, they just – but the, I, I, I guess the only thing that Jerry Jones and Steve Jones may have been thinking is that they went 8-8 eight eight last year under the underachieved tremendously. Now, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot of that had to do with Jason Garrett Instead of Dak Prescott, but that's not here nor there. But but the point is, they went a year too late. They're gonna they're they're, they're paying they're going to pay the Piper for it. And you know what? I think it's hilarious. I think they just screwed up the whole situation where they didn't have to. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. So one last major signing, rather, was like before. Well, one of the most uh, major signings before we move on to the big fish, which we'll get to later in the podcast. It's Philip Rivers. One year to Indianapolis with twenty five million dollars fully guaranteed. I like this football party. It, again, it, it gives the, the Indianapolis coach flexibility similar to the Panthers, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have to trade up to get a quarterback already, right? They could use one of their picks to maybe get another skilled player because this draft is rich in wide receivers, dude. It is rich mm-hmm. in wide receivers. They could get a wide receiver with the first pick the first-round pick, they can get a wait to second or third round to get a quarterback to develop behind Phillip Rivers, maybe someone like Josh Love. I think that's his last name from uh, Utah State. Um, maybe um, Jalen Hurts out of uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma in the second or third mm-hmm. round. So they, so it gives the coach some flexibility. But they still – I mean, I got like this for Phillip Rivers because – Sure, he turned over. He was a he was a Walker turnover machine. He and Jameis Winston, but I think um, um, Rivers went from a situation where he had a not a terrible offensive line, but wasn't good offensive line mm-hmm. to a, one of the best offensive lines in football in Indianapolis. He gets has weapons, um, he, you know, and he has great defense to lean on. So we won't mm-hmm. have to do but so much. And then, I, and, and, you know, again, like when I was talking about flexibility with the draft, that they could actually use that to pick up a running back rather, as well. So there are lots of ways where, where like, um, Phillip Rivers can go with this. So, um, so what say you? So, so what are your thoughts on Phillip Rivers going to the Colts? Completely in the grants of what you just said. I'm, I'm not going to reiterate everything that you said, but – Okay. Very, very friendly for both parties. Gives a lot of flexibility, oh, like you said. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry? 
I said the Colts don't have a first round pick. I'm sorry, I just corrected myself. But, That's but, right. Uh, yeah, they, they gave that up. They traded it away. But they they, they right. still have flexibility there. Um, right. With if, if things fall apart with um, Philip Rivers, which I doubt that it will, um, they can still lean back on Trubisky. Who ha- not Trubisky? I'm sorry, God. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jacoby uh, Brissett. They can lean on Brissett, yeah. and. And he has experience as a starter within this league, and, and it also gives them a, a potential opportunity to allow to learn the system, and and mm-hmm. and, 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 and and sit back and watch Philip Rivers do it. And if it doesn't pan out, like you said, they could draft a QB late. Um, like you said, they have great skill position guys. I like um, the running back. I think his name is Marlon Humphreys. I I, I could be wrong. Yeah. And like you said, that defense, best which was, mm-hmm. yes, and and that that defense, which was young, um, and very athletic, gets the Forrest Buckner from the Forty ers added to it as well. So that was huge. Yes, so you know they 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 will be extremely competitive in a division where, thanks to Bill O'Brien, the uh, <laughs> the, the the Texans are now slightly worse on the offensive side of the ball. And we have no idea what's going to happen in Jacksonville. So they're going to be competing with the the Tennessee Titans for that, if not that, excuse me, at least another playoff spot. So they they should be fine this upcoming season as well. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of the the Texans, let's just move right to it. I don't know what the fuck Bill O'Brien's thinking. I mean, this is the second – I mean, it, it was bad enough when he gave away uh, 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 Javadion uh, uh, Clowney, right? I get his name right one of these days. Uh, for next mm-hmm. nothing. How about this Bama, taking one of your favorite words, trading DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins, one of the top three receivers in this league, to the Arizona Cardinals for the off-injured David Johnson – yeah, and the and the and the and the uh, second round pick mm-hmm. from this year's draft. It's DeAndre Hopkins. First of all, how the hell he didn't get a first round draft pick for him? When Diggs got a first round draft pick in Buffalo, we'll get to him in a moment. It's yeah. beyond me. But he traded away a stud for an off injured running back. <laughs> what the hell is Bill O'Brien? And why does he still have a why is he still a general manager? What the what the you fuck know is what? going on in Houston? They trade for the best players. Well, I mean, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm like, hold up. Hold up. You traded away my best weapon mm-hmm. on tomato can. It's an instant nose yeah. David Johnson, but it is where it is soft injured. And what what the hell are you gonna have going on now? Man. You know what? I don't, I don't know if they know. I don't even know if they know, but the thing is, there were a lot of people who questioned Bill O'Brien's acumen when he selected uh, 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 Titus Howard out of Alabama State in the first round last year. Mind you, I yeah. loved watching an HBCU product getting drafted in the first round, but there were a lot of people sure. who thought that he could get Howard later on in the draft and use that draft position to draft that for another need. But you go 
forward, you fast forward a couple more months, then, like you said, they uh, traded away to Javion Clowney for a tomato can. Then you come forward again another year, and they trade away, one, like you said, top three receivers, um, not just in, in the league currently, but probably one of the best uh, receivers in this generation, again, for a tomato can, well, for two tomato cans. So, yeah, yeah, and and and, and, the, and the issue is not necessarily with the players, but with I what some people say, Bill O'Brien's relationship with these players. And even though um, DeAndre came out and 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 debunked the theory that you know he and 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 O'Brien did not get along, but uh, I don't know how you. Oh my God. The, 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 the amount of running backs that were out yeah. there available in free agency that you could have picked up that would have been comparable, if not better than the, uh, David Johnson, is 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 it's startling to me. You could have went ahead and picked one of those dudes up and, and kept the uh, DeAndre, but that lets me know that it may not have been any uh, animosity or spite from DeAndre. It could have been some there from Bill. Because if you're just trading guys away just because, that's problematic yeah. in my eyes. It really is. But Dude, the thing that, that you, it, I was no, going to say go real ahead, quick, go ahead, go ahead. it's, it's yeah. beneficial to Kyler Murray because, you know, yeah. the, 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 the Cards just resigned uh, Fitzgerald to a one-year, $11 million contract. Yeah. You now bring in DeAndre and yep. – if I if I'm the GM or the head coach in in, in Arizona, mm-hmm. what I would do is there are a lot of people that think that they should move on from uh, uh, what's that CD Lamb from that seventh spot to draft and fill another knee. And my thought process is no, bring in Lamb that played alongside Kyler Murray because you know what that does? It gives them another target to throw the ball to offensively. And also, yeah, like you said, like I said, mm, Larry Fitzgerald is only on a one-year deal. What if he decides to step away? Right. What if the organization decides they want to move away from Larry Fitzgerald? Then you have your potential heir apparent if it works out with Lamb, and you have DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I shouldn't even say that Lamb will be the heir apparent. Hopkins will be the heir apparent. Then you will have your number two right. receiver in Lamb if it works out already there in the fold, and it, it, it will work out once again. So why not? My God, the, 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 the Arizona Cardinals have the opportunity to really step it up um, this upcoming season. Yeah, dude, I mean, they already put the transition. They've been the Cardinals, put the transition tag on Keon Drake. Um, mm-hmm. We have Christian Kirk, uh, Andy Isabella. And, you know, how do you like to be Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray is, like, chilling right now. I mean, could you imagine yeah. the, offensive, the offensive rookie of the year who came, who had a great second half of the year, right? And now, not only you get your OG back in Fitzgerald for more year, you bring in another dude at Hopkins to mm-hmm. go along with Drake and Chris Hurt and, and, like, and like the rest of the guys. I mean, they have weapons. 
they have weapons. And it's going to be a fun. The NFC West is going to be fun next year, man. With Seattle bringing their boys back. France not going anywhere. The Rams still put up points. And the Cardinals. That's a lot of firepower in one division. So, I mean, shoot. I mean, if you're, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you got to be lucky yourself. Because remember that one word we jumped on, we've been harping on all podcasts, flexibility, draft flexibility. Sure, mm-hmm. they have the option, the option of still getting C.D. Lamb and just <laughs> added to the embarrassment of riches at wide receiver, or they could show up a weakness, which is their offensive line. Mm-hmm. They, they, have, they, have, they, have, they have options. To me, it, it, I, I would go with the line because you don't want to – it's hard to complete passes off your back if you're a quarterback. But True that. I mean, I would I would use that. I would draft some running backs in the second or third round, productive running backs. Um, they they have crazy options now. So one team is regardless have options. Meanwhile, the, the Texans, I just again, I just don't know what they're doing. I just don't know what Bill O'Brien is doing. Um, I just don't. I I just I don't know. <laughs> but I'm praying. For, for Deshaun Watson because I, I don't know if O'Brien wants to put that he's he's a, he's a, he's from the Belichick tree so I don't know if he wants to bring the picture away to Houston but from Jadavion from J, uh, Jadavion Clowney to now DeAndre Hopkins um, to Chris Carr the former Keith cornerback they had I I just don't know I just I just don't know I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing as far as Jim Magic perspective. And his coaching strategy is pretty bad too in big games. You can see his last yes, but yeah. And anyway, but he he's on a short leash. If he's not on a short leash, he should be because I don't know what the dude. I don't know if the dude knows what the hell he's doing. So we're gonna bring it to. We're gonna wrap this up. This podcast up with obvious biggest news from yesterday and today. Tom Brady signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I cannot believe it. I mean, I'm a Patriot hater, so it's, it's funny to me. It's funny to see Patriot fans crying their beer over that child ass. But I, <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just can't believe. I mean, I mean shoot, I, we've seen quarterbacks do this a lot, right? I kind of quarterbacks. But just like Joe Montana, we were growing up. Mm-hmm. He finished his career in Kansas City, right? Um, before that, Joe Namath finished his career as a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Johnny mm-hmm. United finished his career as a San Diego Charger. And up mm-hmm. to recently, you had one Peyton Manning, iconic Peyton Manning, finished up his career as a Denver Bronco. Mm-hmm. It happens. And now I have Tom Brady finished up his career, about to finish up his career as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he got like three years at $30 million per I think he had three mm. years, uh, and which was more than what he would have gotten in New England. But how about that, man? I mean, and plus, if you look at the weapons he has, my goodness. I mean, what? He has, what, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yes. Yes. both pro bowlers. Are you, mm-hmm. kidding? Are you kidding me? They have good, good tight end. He has two good tight ends to work with as well. And the running game wasn't 
like all that, but it, it, it's not bad. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, I think that they may drop the running back or maybe bring in a free agent, but still, and the defense improved oh, like over the year. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think what well, I, I'll say this: the offensive line needs work. They surrendered forty-seven sacks of Jameis Winston. Mind you, Jameis Winston loved to hold on to the ball. He was a gunslinger. We'll get the mm-hmm. ball by him in like a like, quick second. But I think the kids Tampa Bay an opportunity to show up the offensive line. And once they do that, maybe bring in a few free agents because I think they're under the cap as well, even with the Brady deal. Um, dude, Tampa Bay looks pretty damn good, especially with Tom Brady. With those weapons. Look the hell out if you're the NFC South. That's just that's just crazy, 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 crazy. I think it'll work out for Brady. Now I'll say this um, to reiterate what I said earlier in the show. Um, I thought that the Buccaneers were a dark horse in terms of locale for for Tom to to, to sign, mainly because of the talent that they had there. And also because of the fact that they don't have taxes in the, in the state of uh, Florida, so whatever mm-hmm. he signs for, that deal would always come out just a little bit better than the deal that he'll sign someplace else. Because of course, he won't have to pay taxes. Um, right. So you you have that ability to, to play with talent. You have that ability to well not the ability, but you you will be playing under a player friendly coach and Bruce Arian. The defense is getting a little bit better. Uh, they franchise um, Barrett. They bring in, um, well, they re-sign Pierre Paul, um, who is a, still effective at at, um, at his, his age. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do, like you said, to shore up that old line. And one of the things that have been time now was that wherever Tom goes, it would be great if that team attempts to trade for one Trent Williams to protect him on his blind side or vice versa. If that wherever Trent right. goes, that they attempt to sign uh, a, a TB12 or TB whatever his number is going to be, chances are that Chris Godwin's going to make him pay for that number 12. But um, I digress. Yeah, go um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, 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 um, that could be a way to take a of that O-line. Um, there still are some other O-line pieces that are, that are out there. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens now that Tom does have targets to throw to. And it's been a while since he's had this grade of talent to throw to at one time. Um, you got to remember that's been the thing with Tom for years is that with the exception of a couple of seasons in New England, he didn't necessarily have anyone to throw to. And then, of course, last year the complaint was he had no one to throw to. Now he does. Right. What he happens at this point, he has a lot to right. throw to. Matter of fact, you could almost – uh, sign me up to be a, a possessive receiver, number three or number four wide out for that team. Right. And that offense still be productive. You know, I can just come out there and run a quick, well, run a quick uh, sideline out and, and then, you know, ask for a breather after that. But I digress. 
Um, it's going to be real interesting, to, like I said before, to see how Tom plays one within his division. He doesn't necessarily have to worry about traveling to uh, cold weather environments indoors for, God, I always forget. Yeah, for at least two of those road games. Um, that that third road game within the division is going to be in Carolina, of course, and depending upon what time of the year that is for him, that may or may not be. But, well, he doesn't listen. It doesn't matter. He comes from a cold weather climate, so that's not an issue either. The, the real issue really is him playing in a warm weather climate, because remember, his worst games in the division, in most cases, came against Miami on the road warm warm weather um, situations. So that's going to be intriguing to see how he adapts, even though he did play well this past uh, season against Miami. I think in Miami, if memory serves me correctly. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be intriguing to see how he adapts to a new place because that's been the, the conversation. I think that's what it really was, is that Tom wanted to play for someone other than Bill Belichick and the way that Belichick treats his players as if they're all the same, how much better treatment. And now he probably has an opportunity to get that from uh, from one Bruce Aaron. Yeah, I think so too. I I just I just think that it's awesome. That now we get to see that you get a chance to see this is because mind you, this is a race. This is a race between a forty two year old quarterback and a sixty seven year old dude. Yes, yeah, so who's going to get to the Super Bowl first? Bill Belichick mm-hmm. or Tom Brady? You know, because this is a battle of who gets the most credit in New England, the coach or the player. Personally, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's – it's it, to me, it's 60-40 Belichick. That's how I see mm-hmm. it right now. But, but, but what – I mean, people can't leave well enough alone, right? It's like it's – like, <laughs> It's like, you know, it couldn't be like a Terry Bradshaw and Chuck Noll, right? No. It couldn't be like that. It's just, someone has to get the credit, you know, but Chuck Noll didn't care. Terry Bradshaw didn't care. But it's like we see this before. We saw it in San Francisco with Joe Montana and Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh ends up leaving. Mm-hmm. George Seifert takes over, and Montana wins another Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, and then young shortly shortly after that with Seifert. So it's it's something else, man. But it's gonna be fascinating. I just wish that Brady would have went to the Chargers, so he would have had a chance to not only face Belichick more often, but possibly keep him from getting to the Super Bowl. That would have been cool. <laughs> but I would settle for I would settle for for having Brady face the likes of with Drew Brees twice a year. Yeah, and Matt Ryan twice a year. You yeah, know, and not to piss on Bridgewater, but Bridgewater is like the odd man out this month. But even Bridgewater, you know. So you mm-hmm. got so the NFC South is like the great quarterback division, strong quarterback division, and it's it's I, I I'm really going to look forward to seeing Brady and Drew Brees twice a year. That's going to be awesome. That will be interesting, and the, and the, the hope is that last year was an anomaly for TB12 and that he gets back to being who he was this upcoming season. Now, the one thing that we didn't discuss, and I'll make a a brief mention of it now, 
is the extension that one Drew Brees did receive of a two year twenty uh, twenty five million a year there. Once again, right. peanuts. You you you're giving me a a a, a quarterback caliber QB for an additional twenty five year twenty five million a year? My God, you got him on yeah. a discount. You know, I mean it helps out that yeah. organization because they don't necessarily have a lot of money to spend this upcoming year, but the following year that'll become beneficial when it comes time to try to bring in some additional talent. Right. Right. So so basically, uh, we, we talked about Cam Newton earlier when talking about Bray Teddy Bridgewater, we referenced to uh, Winston, but who's going to take on – who's going to give Winston a shot to start now? I mean, this dude came off a 30 – a season of first with a dubious first. 30 mm-hmm. touchdowns, 30 interceptions. <laughs> the only 30-30 in NFL history. I think he threw for 33 touchdowns total. But mm-hmm. – the 30 interceptions, there were all of his turnovers. He had some fumbles as well. So, mm-hmm. does he have a chance to start again in this league? And if so, where? Because I'm not seeing it. Like I said before, it's a very small chance. Um, you know, we, we discussed it earlier that the, the two spots where he may get looks would be potentially New England or, or San Diego. And, and like I said before, the, the Chargers have the number six pick. So they could potentially draft their QB of the future and either have uh, Jameis come in and start now for a cheap price and, and have the young guy in waiting or just not sign Jameis at all and just go ahead and decide to draft that young guy, take the rest of that money that they, have, that they need or that they have and spend it on the old line because, like you said before, they're going to need somebody to block for him and potentially spend that money on Melvin Gordon, but I thought that that happens because they went ahead and, and I think that won't happen because they re-signed Eckler. So, yeah, yeah he's going to take that money and, and, and bolster that, that D-line, well, that O-line again to, to protect the QB. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about Jameis. I, I think that this past season will be a situation that, that does put a scarlet letter on, on his ability but I still say that that LASIK surgery might be a huge benefit for him. The reason why I bring that up is because I see a similar situation where a guy who couldn't hold on to a ball and get interceptions for his life in Carlos Rogers when he was here in D.C. had been complaining about his eyes and needing surgery and the skin's not wanting to pay for it. He leaves, go to San Fran, get surgery, and I think he ended up leading the league in interceptions that following year. If not, he had at least six picks that season. So it's a possibility that, you know, it might be – the surgery might be a benefit. But but to answer your question again, I only think there's two spots, and I don't know necessarily how realistic it is for those two spots. So it's a huge possibility, like I said before, that he may end up going somewhere as a vet not getting starter money and battling some of these young guys and, and looking to potentially either unseat them or I'm going to say this, Scott, and I don't know how, how you're going to feel about it. Well, no, they have Mason Rudolph, so I don't even know if they do that. I was thinking that, you know, maybe Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh, doesn't have, one, doesn't have money to spend, and two, 
I don't even know if that would be realistic. That's just barbershop talk. So, And I hate barbershop talk, so I'll avoid barbershop talk for now. Yeah. Well, you know what? No, I'll that, you. I don't like a club situation in Pittsburgh. I hate it because you got a dude named Doug and Mason Rudolph's ass. I don't, I don't, I don't like Mason Rudolph. I don't like his MAGA loving ass. I don't, I don't think, I think he's overrated. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I think he's soft. I, I, I don't like. Him. And you know, I think Waffensburg. We only got a couple more years of Waffensburg, if that, because mm-hmm. a shoulder, a, an elbow injury. A non-contact elbow injury at his age. Mm-hmm. That's what Terry. That's what took up Bradshaw. So yeah, um, I, I don't know if he had Tommy John. I don't think he did, but it's not good. So we gotta get a quarterback anyway. So I'm the one who I'm of the proponent of drafting one, maybe like a Jalen Hurts in the second mm-hmm. round or third round, or maybe you hold on to your hats about this, Bryce Perkins out of Virginia. He played mm. well for, for in the last two years, and he did very. He quit himself very well against Florida in the Gator Bowl. I mean, not the Gator Bowl, but in the Orange Bowl. He, he kept him. He kept Virginia against Florida. So I like him a lot. He was mm-hmm. a football player at 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 the UVA, and he did okay against Clemson. But Clemson's just that much better. But nevertheless, I think that's what we should do as a Steelers fan. But I wouldn't mind seeing Jameis or Cam even in Pittsburgh. But Cam needs to get healthy. So mm-hmm. I, I think with Jameis, I think it's not a bad idea, though. Bring Jameis in, get him on the cheap. Let him see what he could do. Have him beat up Rudolph and Duck. Have him be a backup to Big Ben just in case Big Ben were to go down with that elbow injury. Again, I don't trust elbow injuries at his age. You have a guy mm-hmm. who's been a starter in Jameis. We're down a better offensive line, a better running game when when uh, James Conner is healthy, and better receivers, and he doesn't have to do but so much. So hopefully that LASIK surgery will work well for him, and hopefully he'll get that will motivate him to do well. But yeah, I, I, aside from that situation, and I actually like him in, in the Chargers organization too. They'll so mm-hmm. battle out with Tyrod Taylor. But they might go. But the Chargers may go quarterback early, early in the draft. Uh, but by yeah. the way, I, I think that I think not all of us lost for Jameis. Come to think about it, but yeah, I, I'm worried about Jameis. I'm worried about Cam. I mean, these are two guys who were both the number one overall picks in their drafts. Yes, they were. And now they look to have a home elsewhere. So it just amazes me seeing. But all things are possible, right? Yeah, this is a situation where one, if not both of these guys, don't get signed until after the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they, so we'll if they end up getting that. signed before the draft, that'll be a, a, a telltale situation on where the organizations that they get signed. Well, actually, it wouldn't. That wouldn't necessarily be a telltale. But, yeah, whoever ends up signing them, it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle the remaining the the rest of their quarterback situation, especially if it's the likes of the uh, the San Diego Chargers, or maybe even yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals, because it could be a situation where Andy leaves and they bring in some like they bring in a a, a vet to replace Andy and have Joe Burrow there to potentially sit. Right, right. 
We'll see, bro. We're gonna have we're gonna talk more about this next week for sure, unless some other crazy news come up from like for the sports world. So, hey man, I hope you stay healthy out there and um, don't get that virus or don't, or don't get the runners. We say in the black community, uh, but take care of yourself, man. Um, we'll, we'll talk next week. Man, the same to you and your family, man. You take care of yourself, man, because it's real in these streets. Right. It is very real in these streets, man. Be careful, careful. Peace out. That's a desperate man, D Nice. Please check him out on the yards at HCC Sports. That's for all things HCC Sports. As well as Sleazy Radio every Tuesday on Facebook Live with his crew. Thank y'all for tuning in to the clown. This is Scott Burke signing off. Please stay safe and coronavirus free. Oh, six. Nice.